Lasso. So we enter our last day of silent meditation. Kind of silent. Not too silent. A little bit silent. Tomorrow, not much silence at all. And so as we bring this to a close, are there any lingering uncertainties, anything that's preventing you from having confidence in these shamatha methods? Speak now or forever hold your shamatha. Yes, Jen. A microphone is coming. Um, just a final clarification about using the terms mind, awareness, and consciousness. Yes. Do you use them synonymously, or are there some differences between the three? Very good. Very good. So whenever I speak with whenever I speak with confidence uh, in Buddhism. I can always translate my words back into Tibetan. Uh, and or I can find the, the principal nouns and verbs in Sanskrit or Pali. Then I feel I have a solid basis. If I start launching off into something where I can no longer translate back in, I think I've gone off into my own little fairy tale. So, <coughs> the Tibetan term, I'll just get the Tibetan, you don't need all the languages. The Tibetan term that, that I and many other people standardly translate as mind is sem, the, ten, the term I translate as awareness is rikpa. Rikpa most, both means conventional awareness, just ordinary awareness, as well as pristine awareness. One word with both conventional and ultimate meanings. And then shepa for consciousness, that is translated as consciousness. So there it is. So very commonly throughout the Tibetan tradition, this go back to India, these two terms, rikpa and shepa, dunchik. Dunchik roya. So, dunchik, of the same, they're synonymous. I'm looking back to Chakra uh, uh, here, uh, speaking Tibetan. And so, consciousness and awareness, I'm using interchangeably. With a caveat that sometimes awareness is referring to pristine awareness, which means we've gone down to Buddha nature. Right? Now, mind, the, the term crops up in multiple contexts in Buddhism, and it has different meanings, different connotations, depending on context. So, when we speak of settling the mind in its natural state, that is sometimes called shamatha focused on the mind. And you know exactly what that means. It means the whole space and all of those mental events. So in that context, mind is an umbrella term referring to that, dharma, that relative dhammadhatu, the space of the mind and all of the subjective mental events that arise within it. It's a very, very common meaning of mind in the Tibetan tradition. Mind also sometimes in Buddhist psychology refers to principal mind, Tsosem, Tsosem, and this is really especially referring to mental consciousness, right? Mental consciousness. And so out of the principal mind emerge all of the mental process, processes, or Semjung, Chetasika, and these are all the processes of emotions, feelings, hopes, fears, desires, mental afflictions, wholesome virtuous states, dreaming, and so on. These are all the effulgences, the processes, the emergences from the principal mind, right? So, in that regard, then there's a difference between mind or principal mind, sosem, and mental factors, mental processes. But now we've seen just recently in the teachings on shamatha, excuse me, vipassana, here he seems to be now using mind and, and consciousness somewhat interchangeably, right? And I think he wants to catch you, no matter how you're conceiving of the mind, that he wants you to, whether you think of my mind, I'm observing, my, I'm observing the space of the mind with my mind, I'm observing consciousness with my mind. A lot of people could think that with good reason. I'm, I'm turning my mind to you. Now I'm turning my mind to awareness. 
In which case, what is this mind? It's nothing other than consciousness. When I'm turning my mind to awareness itself, focusing my mind single-pointedly on the experience of being conscious, what am I focusing? Nothing other than consciousness. So there are contexts in which consciousness and mind can be used synonymously, and this, I would suggest, is pretty close to what Padmasambhava is doing in those teachings, because clearly he's not going back to settling the mind in this natural state. He's going right into awareness of awareness, and then proceeding, but he's covering his bases, so to speak. And that is, however you conceive of your mind, what's in here subjectively? What's on the subjective pole? How do you conceive of your mind? How do you conceive of your consciousness? What is it that is observing? From what do thoughts arise? What are you directing? Some may lean towards consciousness. That's that's it. Good. What's referent to the word consciousness? Some may lean towards the term mind. Good. What's referent to the word mind? In other words, he's going to catch us one way or another and arouse us inspire us to focus in on the referent of whatever we think is doing the looking, whether we call it mind or consciousness. So that's my answer. Thank you. Okie dokie. We're out of time, but, it's, but our time altogether is short. Anything else specifically related to shamatha? Jakdor. So you mentioned terms uh, Sem, uh, then uh, Rigpa, yes. and what about Lo? Lo. In many contexts, or in the, so Lo is the Sanskrit term is Mati. It's often translated as mind. But when we speak of Lo Jong, Lo Jong, mind training, mind transformation, there it's much more has much more the connotation of attitude or a state of mind, right? So the word mati or lo also has different meanings in different contexts. So when I'm practicing lo jong, I'm shifting my attitude. Instead of things seeing suffering as 100% bad, I don't want it, seeing how it could be beneficial, right? Likewise for dewa or felicity, instead of just seeing, oh, this is good, I enjoy it, transforming that also into the path. And so there are many ways of karasa, or transforming one's lo. Now, when it has the, in Tibetan, lo dandemba, lo, or even the Tibetan word, lo tur, lo den, lo den. So lo, lo dandemba means really someone who's perceptive, someone who's intelligent. So then it could be like more perceptive, more perceptiveness, intelligence, that kind of thing. Um, but generally speaking, the term lo, when in, in, even in Chantideva, I think you'll see that, I'm quite sure, in the ninth chapter, the wisdom chapter, I think he refers to emptiness as loi chuyule depa. I'm pretty sure, in the ninth chapter, wisdom chapter, that emptiness is beyond the domain of lo, beyond the domain of lo. And in many, uh, the uh, Majamaka treatises and Dzogchen treatises, it said that rikpa, that is pristine awareness, or emptiness itself, are not objects of law. And so, not objects of mati. And so that would seem to lock in or to confine law to a relative mind, a dualistic mind, in which case it's a particular type of shepa. So shepa would be much broader, law would be somewhat more narrow. That's my understanding. Oh, yeah. Tene. Anything else before we call it a wrap? We'll meet again this afternoon.
But I have something prepared for this afternoon. You'll see. <laughs> Bring your seatbelts. <laughs> okay, good. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your day. I shall. <laughs>